chance. Yenmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yenmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high. Watt gets the puck off to the races. Into the zone. The righty. Right circle. Backhander. He scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team. Exclusive player interviews and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome into Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace out here, Parkway Tavern, Volunteer Road, right across the street from the M Resort Casino. Come on down, say hello to me. Got a ticket giveaway that's going to start during pregame through intermission and into postgame. Uh, Darren Millard at Studio 31 about to do his TV thing and Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the seven-gamer tonight in the National League, and we've got a couple of games to keep an eye on as the Golden Knights uh, finish off their season series against the Seattle Kraken. We're tracking the playoff races, and while Vegas didn't get any help, the exact opposite, in fact, last night from the out-of-town scoreboard, they'll hope for more tonight. Uh, Buffalo hosting Nashville. Can Vegas reel in the Predators, who are back and forth between the third seed in the Central and the first wild card team? That's not as easy of a game as it appears on the schedule for the Nashville Predators. I'll explain in just a little bit. And the St. Louis Blues hook up with the Edmonton Oilers, the, the Oilers three points ahead of the Vegas Golden Knights for the number three seed in the Pacific Division. And then, of course, we've got the Golden Knights uh, against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, what a difference. We haven't spent a lot of time on this. The comparison between the two expansion teams, and going into this year, we were very clear on this program. This is not going to be one of those, oh, can Seattle possibly match or be in the same window of the Vegas Golden Knights and what they did uh, five years ago. And it's worked out that way. But now that we're at this point of the season and you evaluate uh, the way things have played out, Seattle's played 67 games. If you compare their performance through 67 games to the Vegas Golden Knights' effort in year number one through 67 games, you would never believe that the Golden Knights were an expansion team because Seattle's actually ended up playing like a first-year team, and Vegas, another reminder about how an amazing job uh, the management did and the coaching staff and uh, everybody that came together in that first year and what happened uh, between the scouting uh, and hockey operations uh, people with the Vegas Golden Knights and putting that, uh, that team together. Vegas has 22 more wins, had 22 more wins through 67 games in year number one than the Seattle Kraken do right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's five years later, Darren, and it's still hard to believe that the Vegas Golden Knights were an expansion team year one because uh, it, it just seemed like, you know, from from the minute they got on the ice, from the minute that they were able to, to find that first win on the road against the Dallas Stars, things started to break their way, even if even though they dealt with injuries, even though they dealt with situations that, you know, would would hamper some some 
you know, veteran teams or teams that have been in the league for a long time, uh, like going five or six deep in goaltending early on in the season and, and then still finding ways to win. So uh, it, it, it's remarkable. I think the, the, the Seattle Kraken in the season that they're having kind of underpins just how remarkable of a first year it was for the Vegas Golden Knights and really what they've been able to accomplish over the first four seasons, five seasons now in the NHL. You know what I think? Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee deserve big raises because of what Seattle's done. Hmm. Not not just for what Vegas did in year number one, but now they deserve serious bonuses because now you see really how hard it was and, and how hard it was uh, to accomplish. So I, I'm campaigning uh, for big raises for George McPhee and, and Kelly McCrimmon. And maybe George or Kelly will like slide me over a little bit of a like a side bonus myself for I mean, getting for negotiating that for them i mean all that's going to happen is you know september is going to roll around kelly's going to absolutely destroy you in fantasy football and yeah that's really all it's going to be i gotta get I him will, into that league I, I will say this though um i i hope that at the end of this season the the narrative of vegas was given a cup contender or Vegas, the expansion draft rules were rigged in favor of the Golden Knights getting a great team off the bat. Uh, no, you had you had to do your homework. You had to find diamonds in the rough. You had to, to, to you know manipulate certain situations into getting and stockpiling draft picks. You had to have everything come together and gel. You had to have the right people in place in every facet of the game in order to turn that season into a magical season. And if it was that way if it was gifted to the vegas golden knights if it wasn't something that had to be earned then the seattle kraken will be pushing on the door of winning a division title and that's not happening so let's just stop that narrative forever now please when you when you go through the the season by season performances of the vegas golden knights and you, you start year number one and the the 109 points which is still a, a franchise record then you get to, to 93 and 86 82 and those were were the last two were were seasons that uh that were uh cut off or or uh, trimmed down because of covid and then 78 and and they'll be they'll be uh, right around the the 95 to 97 hopefully uh range this year points percentage is probably the best way to do it i wonder how long it will take seattle to have a better season than vegas in, in the same year. So Seattle in year four, will they uh, have a better season points percentage than Vegas did in year four? That's a bad example because Vegas was amazing uh, in, in year four, 40 and 14. Uh, but uh, I wonder, you see what I'm, I'm thinking? Okay, year one is two totally different uh, approaches, and, and we could see that from their draft and then uh, how they handled things uh, throughout the season and then into the, the, the trade deadline. Uh, but with the foundation, the different foundation, you can compare roots and, and how Vegas found lightning in a bottle and then changed their uh, uh, plan significantly in the middle of year number one and went all in, and you're seeing the, the benefits of running for a fifth straight year uh, as a Stanley Cup playoff uh, team and a contender. When does, when does Seattle's plan start to, when, when, when the, the two paths start to cross? 
That's that's a really interesting question. Um, and I, I mean, the way that I'm going to choose to look at it are, are probably benchmarks, right? Like you're looking at 43 wins, uh, 51 wins year one, 43 wins year two, and then you're, you're hovering around 39, 40 over the next two seasons that were shortened because of the pandemic. So, um, I mean, like... <sighs> Do I do I think the Seattle Kraken are four years, five years away from a 732 win percentage? No, I really don't. Um, I think that what you're going to see is is likely in the next six or seven years, probably a flip flop of where the organizations are. So I'm not sure that they're like on a year by year basis. Like I don't think year number seven for Seattle is going to be infinitely better or worse than year number seven for the Vegas Golden Knights or or they're going to have that year. I think maybe five, six years into the Kraken organization, that's when you're going to see them putting up some of those totals that you saw from the Vegas Golden Knights, maybe year one, year two, year three. How many years did you say? Five or six. Wow, that's a long time. I, it is a long time, but I, I just... I say that not understanding, not knowing what the Kraken are going to look like come next year, right? Because there's there's uh, there's not much that's really like nailed down uh, as as the core of this of what this team's going to be. And until I know what Ron Francis is going to do over the course of the off season and what he's going to do with all the the picks that he was able to stockpile at the trade deadline, I, I don't know if there's a big splash coming for the Seattle Kraken or if it's just going to be. Let's take a couple of years to figure out exactly what this identity is going to be and who's going to fit. Seattle's going to be better next year. They have to be better. I've seen teams have have decent, like for an expansion team, decent first couple of years and then fall off. Uh, Columbus was like that. Uh, Minnesota was not quite in the same vein. They were a little more consistent. But uh, you you do have that that step back when you're in that quandary of, veteran players and, and some of your draft picks starting to come in and, and play real games. But Seattle's got to be better next year with just from a goaltending perspective. They'll, they'll have a bunch more points. So, okay, like for context, right, the, the Golden Knights, statistically their best season is last year, 56 games played, yeah. 40 wins. Like that's a 732 points percentage. We can kind of throw that one out of the window. Uh, so realistically speaking, the Golden Knights have hovered between – 550 points percentage and 665 that was year number one that was kind of you know obviously their their best statistical season from from a points and points percentage perspective uh the seattle kraken right now what around 21 wins 22 wins on the year so seattle's 21 40 and six how many years do you think it's going to take for the seattle kraken to win 40 games in a season i would i know the plan there is three Okay, but I don't know. They they don't have a star. Like right. Vegas was full of stars. That like and and I mean that's kind or of or emerging like, stars. Uh, I, I should mention William Carlson wasn't a star when yeah, uh, year I mean, number like, one started. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury was was a star. Uh, you had Shea Theodore, top prospect. Uh, he he blossomed into uh, something magnificent. Uh, we knew Jonathan Marcheseau from his uh, his time on the East Coast, where he was a thirty goal. Uh, but star, I don't know. Uh, those those players have developed into stars in the first two years. I don't know on Seattle, outside of Grubauer, yeah. uh, who their star is. They have some personalities and some good players. Yeah. But as far as stars, I don't know who, who takes that next step to be a star there. And the Golden Knights, by going all in, yeah. generated uh, both excitement and stars. 
uh, with it. And it's it's fascinating now that we've got three quarters of the way through the season, more than that, uh, to see the difference in approaches between the two organizations. So I, I think kind of you know using using your example, you you look at Jared McCann, right? And yeah. I think if you're looking at Jared McCann. You were hoping that he was going to be kind of that diamond in the rough, that that William Marshall. I. I would say probably yeah okay fine that that's fine the 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 Jonathan Marshall so and he's been good but is is his ceiling going to be what you've gotten out of Jonathan Marshall so I I don't think yeah. so um, you know you look at Vince Dunn as probably the the more offensive defenseman that you're you know you're kind of looking at banking on maybe being the Shea Theodore equivalent of of a guy that's going to come in and and produce the points for you is is Vince Dunn going to hit that level that Shea Theodore has been at or was at for the Golden Knights I, I don't think so and then you know we we've talked about how important Marc-Andre Fleury was for this organization from day one because he gave you that backbone the the difference between Marc-Andre Fleury and Philip Grubauer is year one Marc-Andre Fleury was elite Philip Grubauer hasn't been that can he get there maybe but you're, you're going to have to get that play. You're going to have to get $5.9 million out of Philip Grubauer for every year that he signed after this one in order for this team to kind of go on a run and, and, and get themselves to where they want to be in three or four years. And goaltending, well, I thought was going to be the, the backbone of the team, not yeah. just Grubauer, but Chris Dreger, and they were both really off their game uh, early on. And this year, uh, the Vegas Golden Knights, goaltending has been a, a significant uh, storyline. Robin Leonard's been in and out of the lineup. Uh, Laurent Brassois is out of the lineup right now, and they are leaning on the third stringer in the organization, Logan Thompson, who got his first National Hockey League start earlier this season, and that has progressed and developed, evolved into a stretch where he's going to start again tonight. And we're talking 10 straight appearances, appearances, Ninth straight start uh, for uh, Logan Thompson tonight as Pete DeBoer uh, basically laid it out there today. And I don't want to speak for Pete, but it did sound like we're in the territory of going with a hot hand now. No, I I agree with you 100%. And, you know, we we opened the show. We talked about, you know, the L.A. Kings getting a big-time win against the Calgary Flames, Dallas Stars picking up points against the Anaheim Ducks and you know the fact of the matter is right now if you're the Vegas Golden Knights and not suggesting you're aware of what's happening around you of course you are aware um, you need to keep pace anytime the teams that are ahead of you in the standings win a hockey game you have to then go out and take care of your own business by winning and trying to keep this one within reach because you lose you fall further back this this is a Golden Knights team that's on a three-game win streak, potentially a four-game win streak, depending on what they do tonight, and it feels like no ground is made up. So you, you really can't leave things to chance right now. And the way Logan Thompson has been playing and the, the as dialed in as he has been for this team right now, I, I don't think you go away, especially when you consider that he's 5-2 and two in his last seven games, 3-0 and oh in his last three, and coming off of his first career NHL shutout against these very Seattle Kraken. It just makes too much sense right now for the for the Vegas Golden Knights to continue to ride that hot hand until it's just not something they think is viable. So we're talking uh, the eighth straight start. Just want to clarify that for Logan Thompson tonight. And from a, a goaltending perspective, how do, how does that rate historically with with the Vegas Golden Knights? Consecutive starts, Mark Andre Fleury ha- has the the top four streaks. 
13 uh, in, in year number one. Uh, he had uh, 11 in uh, year number two. Uh, he had 10 and 10. Right now, Logan Thompson is set to make his eighth consecutive start, and that is a season high for the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Yeah. So he's starting to inch towards double digits, which would uh, give him one of the top five runs in franchise history. But his eighth consecutive start tonight would be and will be two better than Leonard's and would double up the, the most consecutive starts for Laurent Brassois. It's amazing uh, where, where he's come from. And you hope he can, he can keep it going. And uh, you, you grab a washcloth, right? And, and you're trying to wring out as much water as you can to, to make sure that, uh, that, that you can put that thing back uh, away without staining anything or getting anything dirty. That's The Vegas Golden Knights are, are trying to get everything they can out of Logan Thompson. Apologize for not having a better analogy than that. But there, there's where they are. Robin Leonard could play tonight. Robin Leonard backed up on Wednesday. He could have played then. For sure, he could start tonight. I was expecting him to start tonight. Yeah. I understand why they're going with Logan Thompson, uh, and it and it just speaks to uh, how important every game is. Maybe if Dallas and, and Edmonton had lost last night, it could be different. Uh, very doubtful, given that teams don't exactly make decisions based on other teams' uh, performances. Uh, everything we always hear is we look after our own game and we, and we, we take care of our, our, our own people. But Logan Thompson, with an eighth consecutive start, and we're coming off the shutout, I, I guess it makes sense. And I, I could go either way on this, but I like, I like the aggressiveness of Pete DeBoer making this decision. I, I think that that for Pete, it's it's you know again, it, you reliably know what you're going to get out of Logan Thompson right now because he has played the most recent game, he has played the most recent stretch of games, and even the games where the Golden Knights went to Minnesota and went to Winnipeg, uh, Logan Thompson was not the reason that they lost those games. The fact that they could not find the back of the net, that's really it. So. Um, I, and, and it's not to say that I think there's there's a question about the reliability of Robin Leonard, but when you factor in that he has been out for a while and that he was dealing with two different injuries, uh, I think that there's there's a certain level of, you know, just kind of seeing how long is it going to take Robin to get his game back to where it was prior to getting injured, and do you have one or two break-in games available to you uh, where you know you might not be getting the level of goaltending that you've been getting recently with Logan Thompson. And right now, I think the answer for the Golden Knights with teams winning around them, uh, the answer to that is not yet, not right now. We just, we, we've got to do whatever we can to bank the points, and, and that's what you're getting right now out of Pete DeBoer. I'm going to ask you the question, which should make the situation easier to evaluate. Okay. Okay. Uh, Logan Thompson and Robin Leonard are your two choices in goal. Okay. Logan Thompson starts ahead of Robin Leonard tonight. If Robin Leonard, if if Robin Leonard was, if this was the first time that he'd gone out of the lineup, mm-hmm. does he start this game? If it wasn't multiple times being in and out i think yes 
I think yes. I think if this was the first injury for Robin all year and you had kind of more consistent, um, I don't want to say consistent play, but just consistency in in his being in the lineup and, and, and understanding kind of where his game was at and, and if it was a season without starts and stops, then yeah, I think that that would be the case. Is this decision that Pete DeBoer has made regarding his starting goaltender tonight more about Robin Leonard or Logan Thompson? Hmm. You know what? I, I'm i just going to say I think it's about Logan Thompson. I agree. I think it's about Logan Thompson. I think he's playing too well to take out. I agree. And, and I think that that's really – the long and the short of it, and we can kind of go back and forth, and we can debate it. And you know, you, you go back to to kind of Robin Leonard's uh, press conference when he signed his extension here with the Vegas Golden Knights, where uh, you look at you know the the players that are are, are playing well are, are going to be the ones that are rewarded with the ice time. And and right now, it, it's not to say that Logan Thompson's outplayed Robin Leonard because Robin Leonard hasn't been able to play because he's been injured, but Logan Thompson's been too good to take out of the lineup. And I think that's really as far as it goes for the Golden Knights. We said the other day that it would depend on what happened in these two games. Who got the start on Sunday mm-hmm. in Vancouver to finish off the road trip? Is it still that that way? It's just that Logan's going to get both starts, and it depends on on how he finishes that up tonight, or because the schedule, the way it's broken up, mm-hmm. you've got a day off between tonight's game and Sunday. Then you got a couple of days off between the game on Wednesday. Then you got uh, space uh, going forward, and then a couple of more days days off. I don't think you ride Logan Thompson for the rest of the year. Yeah, I think this is a situation where you play him until he gets bucked off. That's, that's the simplest form of explaining it to everybody. This is not one where he has the net and has earned the net for the rest of the season because of his strong play. He is playing incredibly well, has given this team a significant boost, has produced points and making every save he should make, and then some of the other ones that uh, that he's coming up uh, with, with game savers or timely stops. But it's also just trying to get as much out of him while you can, and then you've got the alternative to go here with Robin Leonard. Yeah, and, and you know, like Pete talked about the importance of, of getting Robin into that game, uh, that game readiness, right? And and the more practices he gets, the more reps he's able to have, the more confident and comfortable he's feeling about his game, the better. And, and the, the benefit here is that Logan Thompson's giving you everything you need to kind of buy a little bit more time for Robin Leonard to get that, that aspect of the game dialed in. So, um, I, I I tend to believe that that you're right. The that Logan Thompson's essentially got the net until uh, he either doesn't play particularly well or loses a loses a hockey game, and I think that's kind of the metric here. And from that point, you know, Pete DeBoer's got I would I would argue an easier decision of going to Robin Leonard in that situation and then seeing if Robin can go on a bit of a run as well. Boy, Robin's had a an experience, eh? Yeah. Between yep. coming in and taking over from Flower in the bubble yep. to then battling uh, injury and Flower uh, for playing time last year. Yep. And now injury and what happens is 
he comes back, he's ready to go, and he can't get in because the other guy is playing great. Yeah, no, I mean, that's that's the uh, that's the the string of events over the last 18 months, 20 months for Robin Leonard. It, you're not wrong. It has been uh, a stretch, and, and he has experienced a lot over the last two seasons, two, two seasons plus with the Vegas Golden Knights. I'm curious to see what's going to happen up front tonight uh, with the skaters. Well, whether Pete DeBoer goes back with his 11-7 and seven or and Keegan Colasar, I don't know whether he's in or not. Uh, morning skate uh, was, was a positive uh, a sighting uh, for Keegan Colasar after he left the game uh, the other night uh, in, the, in the early part of the contest uh, on Wednesday. Uh, big reason why I thought they played 11-7 and seven the other night on Wednesday was uh, it was Martina's second game back and it was McNabb's first game back. And if one of those guys goes down or has any type of uh, situation where they can't play, you've got that defenseman there to, to settle back in. Now, uh, it ended up being a useful. I mean, you're always going to have that body, but Coughlin's versatility uh, helped out when he was able to play on the on the wing a little bit and, and also be uh, be on the power play uh, with his, his shot, and, and Pete DeBork did call it a weapon today uh, and that shot. But you've got uh, Dorafayev, uh, Pavel Dorafayev uh, available that, that you can put in, and, and how they construct that lineup uh, being 11-7 and seven or, or the traditional 12-6 and six will also be uh, interesting. Whether Keegan Colasar, they didn't practice yesterday, uh, so today would have been the first time that uh, that Colasar was on the ice after taking that uh, that situation. Whether or not uh, he's uh, he's fully able to go. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they go eleven and seven. Um, I, I like the idea of eleven forwards just simply because when you look at the Golden Knights right now and how many centers they have in the lineup versus what traditionally would be the wingers and all that, I think you can create some mismatches down the lineup by double shifting, say Jack Eichel or William Carlson or Chandler Stevenson, who was playing on the wing with Jack Eichel, but you can still double shift him down the lineup as a center. So, uh, you know, for the Golden Knights, I know it's listed as three centers, but you've really got four that you can choose from, maybe five that you can roll through on that on that fourth line. So it creates some mismatches. I, I like that aspect of it against uh, a Seattle team. And for the Golden Knights, it allows you to, to kind of clearly define a role for Dylan Coughlin, and then it also allows you to – uh, spread some of that defensive load among your seven defensemen because, frankly, Alex Petrangelo has played a ton of hockey. If you can kind of lighten that uh, in-game minute management a little bit, that's great. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm curious. I, I think that they're going to go 11-7, and seven, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what, what ends up happening when the Golden Knights take the ice. I wonder when Alec Martinez slides back into his familiar role in the second power play unit. Like Coughlin's there, he's yeah. sort of taken over that uh, that spot, and and Pete likes likes him there, and I, he's got he's got that that great shot. I would imagine when they've when they've got twelve forwards, they they feel comfortable in a big time game down the stretch, right? Like I, I think that that you know we all understand that there's a, a certain level of um, trust that you're going to need right now, and you know it, as as far as Pavel Dorofayev goes like we're talking about one game of NHL experience and it wasn't really much time on ice for Dorofayev so do you do you want to put him in a situation like this down the stretch where every point means something so much more Um, I I think you're just kind of setting him up to to not have much of an experience and and not have it be a good situation so um, I just love 
I love, and I've gone back to this over and over. Uh, mm-hmm. You know exactly uh, where I'm where I'm traveling here. Yeah. Is Alec Martinez on that second power play unit? He's a difference maker uh, on that that second unit. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I, I think Martinez will will get himself there, but I, I would make the argument that you're you're focused more on if if you've only got 17, 18 minutes of Alec Martinez, uh, you want to put him at five on five and on the penalty kill because that's where he's going to have the most impact for this team. He's become a pretty important player. We've we've noticed it in two games. So we'll we'll dive into the Alec Martinez factor. Uh, as we continue on on the VGK Insider Show leading up to the pregame show at 6 o'clock. As hour number two will feature one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. Uh, we had a little history last night in Toronto. Uh, we'll get uh, into that. Uh, can, a, can a fan base be happier for an empty net goal? They might have set a record uh, last <laughs> night. And uh, a couple of injuries uh, to tell you about, including from the, the Colorado Avalanche. Uh, we'll dive uh, into that. We've got the play of the day, the most unique play of the day in VGK Insider Show history. But up next, the answer to a much-debated question earlier this week regarding a member of the Vegas Golden Knights, and it will be answered. I didn't ask the question. I jumped out of the uh, the show yesterday at uh, Finley North VW, uh, but uh, uh, one of our correspondents uh, did jump in and asked the very difficult question of William Carrier, and we'll bring you that answer as we continue on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. Sneaking up on game time. Seattle cracking Vegas Golden Knights. VGK trying to sweep the season series. Not just take both games in Seattle this week, but run the table and win all four head-to-head with their expansion cousins. And uh, as a result, if they win tonight, then the Vegas Golden Knights leapfrog the Dallas Stars and back into a playoff position. They would have uh, 80 points. Uh, Edmonton Oilers also in action tonight. Uh, Vegas can get some help. Uh, They would be a point back uh, of the Edmonton Oilers. There's so much movement going on in and around the Western Conference right now that uh, the World Cup, uh, Chapman, uh, don't jump in yet, but uh, he, he, would, uh, he would love this because the World Cup draw today uh, and, and everybody's searching for the group of death, uh, which they call the, the most competitive division and uh, one great team is, is always going to be out. It's like we have our own little group of death uh, when it comes to the, to the Western Conference playoff race right now with the likes of Nashville, Dallas, Edmonton, Los Angeles, Vegas, Winnipeg, and Vancouver all vying uh, for uh, three spots, and it's somebody's going to be left out. Is it going to be Vegas? Is it going to be Dallas? Uh, uh, teams that uh, have gone deep in the playoffs uh, the last couple of years, or Winnipeg and Vancouver had high hopes uh, starting this season. Edmonton uh, certainly isn't guaranteed. There's there's a casualty or two that's going to uh, be very disappointed uh, when this season's done. Yeah, you're you're spot on, and it's it's tough because. You know, you, you look at the teams right now, and, and again, like I, I look at it from more of a points percentage aspect than I do just total points. And, you know, for the Nashville Predators and the Dallas Stars, like those are two teams that control their own destiny. They've got games in hand on every that's chasing them down for the wild card. So when it comes to, and I've mentioned this a couple times, when it comes to the Vegas Golden Knights, your best bet is to try to track it down through the Pacific Division. And if you're Winnipeg, you, you're hoping for wild card. If you're Vancouver, I think that you're you're hoping to chase 
who's above you, which makes these next three games that the Golden Knights are going to play uh, against Vancouver. You've got two against Vancouver, one against Arizona, and then another one against Vancouver. Those three games are going to be incredibly important for the Golden Knights, not just to pick up points, but to also dash those hopes of the Vancouver Canucks that they're going to be able to do something down the stretch here. So Vegas, in their first uh, four years, they've been able to produce three perfect records against a single team. Uh, in 2020-2021, they were 8-0 and against the San Jose Sharks. So yeah. a year ago, 8-0 and head-to-head with their rivals. Mm-hmm. In in year two, 4-0 against the Anaheim Ducks. Year, no, year one, perfect against the Vancouver Canucks, 4-0. Tonight, they're trying, to, and they need it tonight. Those other years, you, you, you were you were in good standing. They need this perfect record against the Seattle Kraken four zero. Yeah, you're you're again. Yeah, it's important, obviously, for the for the Golden Knights to keep the win streak going. And and you know, as as much as you want to go four and zero against a, a team like Seattle, and you know, obviously, all the the parallels with expansion. I, I think right now that's that's a back seat for the Vegas Golden Knights because you just need the points. It's it's all about points. And, you know, for, for Vegas, I, I think they're looking to just try to do what they can to run the table, not just here uh, tonight against Seattle, but they're looking to run the table, like literally run the table. You keep this win streak going as much as possible at any means necessary uh, because y- y- you just need to keep banking points and banking points and banking points. Here's a weird one for you, though. The Seattle Kraken, they, they struggle to score goals. Not not the most dynamic team in, in the National Hockey League when it comes to putting the puck in the net. But they lead the National Hockey League in goals scored after being shut out. Hmm. Is that not a bizarre stat? They, they, they're they over four goals a game after being shut out uh, in a game. And How many times have they, have they been shut out this year? Uh, three, by the looks of it. Wow, that's wild. Yeah. That's really weird. It, it, it doesn't make much sense. Now, couple that with the last time Vegas uh, had a perfect uh, clean sheet. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got humbled by the, the Calgary Flames. So I'm, I'm hoping to put that out into the universe and have it squashed. So instead of trying to hide it and, and wiggle around it, I'm just throwing it out there, acknowledging it, and, and hopefully uh, it gets turned around. Uh, we'll see what happens tonight against the Seattle Kraken as the Vegas Golden Knights uh, try uh, to win for the 38th time this year and move back above uh, 10 games above 500 in the National Hockey League season. It would be significant. It would be the 80th point uh, of the season and also hopefully move them a little bit closer if they can get some help from the St. Louis Blues. Uh, there's another thing that's uh, that's very much on the minds of the people that uh, that operate and participate in this radio program called the VGK Insider Show. Chris Chapman came up with this uh, this idea earlier this week, and he, and he totally made it up. But he's sticking <laughs> he's sticking to the assumption, and that's yeah. what it is right now. It's an yeah. assumption that Will Carrier loves spicy food. And, uh, and the and deduction was because he's he he likes to fish, right? Right, is, is that, right. Is that he's, my... he's an outdoor guy. No, no, he's a, he's a, he's a manly man. He's yeah, a man's man. man. That's yeah. what it was. He was a manly man. Uh, oh. and, 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 and that's why he went there. He made this assumption that Will Carrier is uh, a really big fan of, of spicy foods. Yeah. I called him out on it. Mm-hmm. I didn't say one way or the other that Carrier was uh, a fan of spicy food or not. I simply declared that Chapman was making it up and, and was going down a path that he really had no factual 
evidence of, of making that statement. But it became this, this uh, me on one side and Chapman on the other. Chapman saying Carrie likes spicy food, and for some reason I got stuck on the other side saying that, that Carrie doesn't. I, well, I don't, you got I don't stuck care. because you interjected, right? Yeah, like. I just, I, I'm just saying that that Chapman made up the uh, <laughs> the idea that Carrier likes spicy food because he considers him a manly man. Now, yesterday we were at Finley North VW, yeah. and uh, William was right beside us, and uh, Will was doing his thing, signing autographs, posing for pictures, all that kind of stuff. When he wasn't messing with my my laptop, and we were going back and forth, but we never had a chance to really talk to him because he was busy. Like, the lineup was huge last night, yeah. and we were doing our radio show. So I didn't have a chance to really sit and talk to Will and ask him. I said I would do it at some point, but uh, yesterday wasn't the time. That, however, did not stop our reporter, <laughs> Jed. And reporter Jed, well, he was uh, wrapping things up because I'm a, like, I'm a fancy guy. I Hold don't on. set up the show. Hold I don't on. take down the show. I show up five minutes before the show yeah. when we're on location, and I'm out of there two minutes after the show. Jed, he sets everything up, and he takes yeah. everything down, and he is our uh, foundation for the show. So while Jed was, was taking down the show, mm-hmm. he had an opportunity to converse with Will. So, Jed, do you want to come in here just explain how it happened and what the results were? Sure. Yeah, I can walk you through this. Okay. <laughs> so um, I, I knew I couldn't just, you know, walk up and directly say, hey, hey, do you like spicy food, right? So what, how I approached it is I walked up and I said. Okay, were you I, nervous, I, though, before you were walking up to him? Were you, were nah, you thinking, I mean, like, how am I going to phrase this? I, I, I felt pretty good in my approach. I thought it, it, it actually did. It ultimately didn't go over too well, but I thought it was going to. So because you're 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 a veteran. You're, you you <laughs> right. you've been a reporter before. You're you've got experience. You've got confidence. So so good on you for not being right. nervous. Mm-hmm. So I, I felt good until 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 after I asked the question. But <laughs> I so my approach was I said, hey, I need you to settle a bet for me. What was and his reaction there? Well, yeah, he didn't even say anything. He just <laughs> he just he just gave me like a sideways look. That tracks. And that tracks for Carrie. Yeah. yeah. And so then I, I, I went on further to explain, well, it's actually not my bed. It's, it's Darren Millard's bed that he made on his radio show with somebody. So I, it, just, I just want to get it settled. If know? I might add a little bit of nuance, it is Darren Millard's bet that Darren refused to ask Will about while he was there <laughs> because he wanted to bury it as far no. down as possible. Pretend it wasn't even a thing. Yeah, so exactly. was, was he more uh, open to the con- conversation after you said it was, it was my bet? Well, his response to that was to just say, okay. Okay. <laughs> well, the, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take that as, as that we're best friends. He, he, it's he, hijinks. He gets he, it. Yeah, yeah. He, was still, he was still skeptical. I, I think he was expecting me to ask him a, an, an inappropriate question, I think. Boy. So, so I went on and I said, and then I asked him, you know, so do you like spicy food? And after he knew, after he knew what the question was, he was, he was pretty open about it after that. He was okay. And his I feel like his we need a drum roll or something. Right. right now. Yeah. yeah I, I, well, do we have to we have to reset the bet? So Chapman yeah. says Will Carrier likes spicy food. Darren says Will Carrier does not like spicy food. And it's not so much that it's just Darren is anti whatever Chapman. is. Chapman yeah, said, well, because yeah. Chapman so, had no idea. Right. Right. right exactly. <laughs> he was making so, that up. So are, can we, are we all in agreement? Chapman had no idea. He oh, was just no, making I, it up. I, I'm with you, but yeah. I just let that slide yeah. so I don't get roped into okay. these ridiculous bets. <laughs> and, um, and and to prove how much Chapman puts into these things, yeah. 
we've done this before with this kind of thing, and we've said, you know, it would be good to have a drum roll. <laughs> do you, and, do you and, think he's looking for it now? No, we I, have I, a drum roll. I, I do not have do one. Do not have a drum oh, roll. No. Oh, come no. on. Three years in, still don't have a drum roll. <laughs> so that just sums up Chapman's angle and his level of uh, research and preparation. So, so, Jed, finish it off for us. Okay, and so his answer is that he definitely does – not like spicy. Oh food. no! <laughs> it, it was oh. a it was a hard it was a hard no. It was a hard no. Oh yeah, well, he's, yeah, man! He, oh no! Yeah, he uh, he elaborated a little bit. He said he said being French spicy is not part of their cuisine, so he definitely does not like it. Oh and no! It was a hard no. He he's definitely not going to go out and eat, eat any spicy food. Oh, Chapman. Chapman, Chapman, Chapman. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if there's a loophole here because no, because no Darren, loophole. Darren never agreed to. Uh... No, 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 no. There's no loophole, buddy. <laughs> you, you made an assumption. Oh boy. That had no like logical progression. Zero. To where you were going, at and it was the a fifty-fifty. It? it was a fifty-fifty, like yeah. Jump. Like the, so I understand you, why he did it, but it had odds. zero foundation. Oh boy! Yeah, you you made an assumption with zero foundation or logical understanding of where that assumption was going to lead you. <laughs> um, you are going to bite into a habanero. It's going to happen. It's going to be glorious because you don't really like spicy food that much. No, no. I I told you the story about my trip to Thailand and and my my running with a vendor who laughed at me when I asked him to make my curry mild. <laughs> Great. Like, oh. why do you say these things? Uh, because it's fun. It adds a little intrigue to the show. It'd be boring if if I just, you know, went with the flow. But it had nothing to do with the show, really. I, I don't, like, I don't you remember, went so far off I don't, the, I don't the even beaten remember path here how, how to we make a it statement. We were and, talking about Will Carrier doing an autograph signing, and you were like, oh, man, Will Carrier, he, I bet he likes like Spice. No, food. no, no. You know how it happened, because you guys were saying we were going to have him rate... Yes. The game. Oh yeah, good point. And and point. we, you know, obviously we rate the games on Pepper scale, Scoville scale. So right, but it still didn't have an, like any reason for you to do that. Well, because I hope you've learned your lesson. No, I didn't, and I won't. I hope you've learned your lesson because and because I know our listeners enjoy me being a buffoon, and they enjoy they're they're really going to enjoy me having to take a bite out of a habanero. Oh, and, that's going to be great. And and you know what? We will have to film it. No, we we gotta we, so record gonna, it. No, yeah, no, no, we we gotta record I'm not, it. I'm not bringing in any film. No, listen, this is what we have to do. We've got to do it at a remote. So we've got to be on location somewhere. We're gonna have to get somebody to come in and take care of the in studio stuff uh, for Chapman. But Chapman's gonna have to be on location. We're gonna have to figure it out. I don't know how. I don't know where. <laughs> I don't know when. But Chapman is going to have to. On location, eat a habanero while we're on air. Not eat, air. just bite. Take just a bite, bite out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Buddy, whether you take a bite or whether you eat the whole thing, it's going to mel- melt your face off. It's going to um, be great. Oh Can we God. just get a round of applause here for Jed for asking the question? Well done. Yeah. Reporter Jed. Yeah. That's awesome. No, it's yeah. great. My it's pleasure. Like, he, at the odd time, Wallace will send him out doing different things that, that we don't want to do. And he, then he sets up our setup, our microphones, and, and the whole technical thing, and then he takes it down. And he's the hardest-working guy on, on the program. And, yeah. now, and now he's added reporting skills uh, to, his, to his portfolio. Well done. Uh, yeah. When we continue, we've got uh, the play of the day. The most unique play of the day 
in VGK Insider Show history. you got to stick around for it. Then we've got hour number two leading up to the Seattle Kraken and the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, that is a spicy fault by one Chris Chapman today. Smoking. Smoking. Uh, we'll be right back in Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. We have something very unique to tell you about. It actually sounded like a, like a public service announcement there. One of those uh, those podcast reads uh, that they pop in right in the middle of a podcast. No, this is this is different. This uh, play of the day is uh, wild because we have two players with the same name mm-hmm. scoring goals on the same night mm-hmm. in different buildings, but almost at the exact same time. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll start with the Carolina version and then go to the New York Islanders version and come back and give you a little bit more on the uh, on the other side. Here's Sebastian Ajo's play of the day. Draws one back and a shot to score! Worked back to D'Angelo across the ice and deflected in front of Jake Allen. And then Canes with a hot start. Now their power play go up 1-0. Well, Ajo wins the draw and then finds the soft area with a stick on the ice. Set play. Kukin keeps it moving. Ajo at the right point. Backhands one to the half wall to Nelson, who leaves it for a cutting Ajo. There's a wrist shot. From the right point, weaving his way with a wrister. Sebastian Ajo is able to beat Merzlikens. The Islanders have a 1-0 lead. At the other end of the ice, he's able to maneuver his way in the offensive zone, and he's got good skill right here. He comes down the wall and then cuts back and gets to a scoring area, shoots it in stride, and Merzlikens not able to catch up to it. The uh, Sebastian Ajo for the New York Islanders is a defenseman. Uh, he is not nearly as an accomplished uh, player as Sebastian Ajo, the forward with the Carolina Hurricanes. But the call of the two goals... The Sebastian Ajo with the Islanders, that goal sounded way better. Sebastian Ajo scoring is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. It's pretty incredible. Can you think of uh, of two players with the same name? Nick Backstrom is one. We had a goalie in Minnesota a long time, and Nick Backstrom, the Carolina or the uh, Washington Capitals. A- anybody else? Uh, no, I mean, it's not coming to me right now, but... Do you have more beyond Nick Baxter? Nope. But at least I had one. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair. What do you want me to do? Just be, be you know, here's the Here's the uh, weird one. I think, I think Joe Smith is, yeah. you know, like probably, well, wh- probably somebody, right? One is Finnish, one Swedish. And it was the same way with the Backstroms. Yeah. Same Wild. name. A little, uh, little strange. Are there uh, two Kirill Kaprizovs? Uh, it looks like it at times. <laughs> what just happened there? How did that come about? Uh, we've got Seattle against Vegas coming up. Final matchup of the season between the 31st and the 32nd National Hockey League teams. Hour number two plus one-timers coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. 